The Orlando Magic's winning run has us thinking one thing and one thing only. Postseason. I know, crazy, right? Well, we're just past Christmas. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. It's time to take a look at the Eastern Conference standings. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is December 27th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to do our kind of monthly now, I guess, standings check. We did it at Thanksgiving. We're going to do it here at Christmas, a chance just to kind of take a pause, a good day in the calendar to just kind of take a look at where things stand. And we're going to talk very seriously about what the Orlando Magic's postseason prospects are. They do exist. They are real. We're going to chat about them. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So, you know, if you follow me, you know, I like to do a couple things. Um, I will usually take a, a pause or, or take some type of pause because the schedule doesn't actually stop, but take some type of pause at, at the quarter mark of every season uh, just to kind of see where the team is at. We're going to get the midpoint of the season here on the West Coast trip in January. So it is coming up. We're going to talk about this Magic team in that context uh, uh, coming up here in the next few weeks. But it, it's good every so often to just kind of take a step back and look at where things are. Over Thanksgiving, just a holiday, it's a good marker on the calendar, we did this thing where we looked at the Eastern Conference standings, where we evaluated where the Magic stood uh, in the Eastern Conference playoff chase, in the Eastern Conference standings race. And back at Thanksgiving, we looked at this team and saw that they were falling off the pace. The Magic at that point were just starting that nine-game losing streak. Um, and we're very clearly just struggling to string wins together. We had a lot of questions about kind of the big overall picture of this team, and we put Orlando squarely where we thought they'd always be, at the bottom of the standings, not really competing for much. A lot has changed, obviously. Um, It is amazing how much wins can change the perspective of everything and, and how much even stringing together six straight wins really lifts you up the standings. At this juncture on Christmas Day, or now a couple days after Christmas, um, the Orlando Magic find themselves only two and a half games out of the play-in chase, out of the postseason, uh, two and a half, three games. It's still a bit of a margin. There's still a lot of work to do, but they are right there in the thick of the race. And, and what I find interesting now, uh, now is that the Magic are very clearly kind of in the back of that pack looking for a playoff chase. They're clearly better than the Charlotte Hornets and Detroit Pistons. No offense to Charlotte, no offense to Detroit. Um, they could, you know, Charlotte could certainly string wins together, get back in this chase too. But Orlando's kind of put themselves above that group and, and above this idea of tanking. The Magic are in the playoff hunt. Just, just looking at the standings, 
the Magic are in the playoff hunt or in the postseason hunt. Playoffs is probably a little further further ahead. Um, and while there's still fans shouting fourth seed like it's a rallying cry, which maybe it is, um, look, let's just get into the playoff chase. There are still teams to climb over. There are still things this team needs to do. The Magic are making up for a lot of lost ground that they that they put them to, to get out of the hole that they put themselves in to start the season. But the Magic are in the playoff chase. Winners of eight of their last nine. This team is playing really, really well. This team has beaten some really good teams. And right now, they're in a stretch of the schedule where they should be able to add some wins. Honestly, I would say this stretch of the schedule that started last Wednesday against Houston is as important as any stretch of the schedule because this is where the Magic have to bank some wins. Um, If you're trying to make a postseason run, this is the part of the schedule you have to dominate. You have to take care of the teams you're supposed to take care of. They did that against Houston. They did that against San Antonio. They got the Lakers, the Wizards, and the Thunder. The next time they play a team with a winning record will be the Grizzlies. Now, uh, Lakers, Pistons, Wizards. Sorry, I missed the game. Sorry, don't don't mean to overlook you, Detroit. Um, gotta beat, gotta beat them too. Um, they got the Lakers tonight, the Wizards on Wednesday, followed by the uh, uh, the Wizards, the Pistons on Wednesday, the Wizards on Friday, and then a home back to back Wednesday, Thursday with the Thunder and Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are the first. Uh, are, are the next team that the Magic face with a winning record. And after that, the Magic go on a West Coast road trip. So if we're looking into the future, if we're looking into where this team is at, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next week. And then we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next two weeks after that as the Magic go on that first big West Coast road trip, the Jurassic World road trip, since uh, Jurassic World, the live show, is taking over the Amway Center while the Magic are on the road. The Magic have their work cut out for them. Um, they are playing very, very well, and there's a lot of confidence building with this team, and they're starting to get healthier. And, and so we're starting to see this team really become the group that we all thought that they could be, that they all that we all thought they could potentially be. But there's still work to do to get better. There's still work to do to overcome some of the teams uh, ahead of them in the standings. Can we realistically talk about the postseason at this point? Um, I, I mean, yes, why not? Like, seriously, why not? Why not? Why why can't we talk about this team? Why can't we talk about this team in that context? We 100% can talk about this team doing that and, and, and making, the, making the games to do that. If they continue playing, they, they're probably not going to continue winning eight out of every nine games. If they do that, they're certainly going to make the playoffs. Uh, forget the playing tournament. They'll make the playoffs if they do that. But if they keep playing the way that they're playing and generally just play the way that they're playing, they're going to be in the race. And, 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 and I would pause and say that the goal is not necessarily to make the postseason. That, that's, that is important, and that is a sign that they've succeeded, so it's not a bad thing. The goal is to play competitive games deeper into the season. The goal is to play meaningful games, to feel winning pressure, to feel uh, to, to kind of have begin to have an understanding of what it means and what it takes to win games. That's what's at stake right now for the Orlando Magic. That's what this team is trying to accomplish. And right now, here in December, they've certainly separated themselves from Charlotte and Detroit. They put themselves in a position to be in competitive games, to play these meaningful games, to have us say, hey, you've got to bank up some wins when the schedule's soft like it is for the next two weeks. You've got to hold your own on this huge West Coast road trip. It's not going to change how we discuss this team at the trade deadline. It's not going to necessarily change a lot of those things. 
but we are begin- we are seeing this team accomplish its goals. And, and to me, that's the most important thing. But the answer to the question that I squarely put at the top of the show, yes, the Magic are a postseason-capable team. We should hold them to that standard and say, hey, you've got to play postseason-capable basketball. Now, maybe we don't judge them as harshly if they don't hit that goal or if they struggle with some consistency on that front. But sitting here near the midpoint of the season, the Magic are in the race. That's where they want to be. They want to give themselves a chance. They want to feel this pressure and play these games and make them matter. And I think there will come a point where the Magic will more openly talk about this. Um, You know, I think they're trying to deflect or or demur some of these these questions about the play-in tournament, about the postseason chase at this moment, because they're still focused on themselves and getting themselves right and getting their uh, their foundations established. The wins are a byproduct of all that. But but by the same token, I think they are very aware of where they're at and, and that they still have work to do to get where they want to be. What's important then is to look at the standings themselves and to look at where the Magic stand in relation to the other teams. So what we're going to do with the rest of the show is we're going to break this 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 show into two into two pots. The first pot we're going to talk about the teams that are very clearly playoff teams and, and the teams that really have established themselves here uh, in the at near the midpoint of the season uh, as we get to Christmas. The next time we'll do the standings check will probably be around the All Star break. Um, so a couple got a, about a month and a half before we get to that. Um, but we're gonna eval- we're gonna take a look at where the, the top teams stand, and then we're gonna look at the play in chase specifically, and the teams that might be falling off, and, and and what is going on in the Eastern Conference. So we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into the standings coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and plenty more. They've got it all at betonline.net. You can probably get playoff odds for the Orlando Magic as they try to make up the last few games they have to to make the play-in tournament. If you love sports podcasts too, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fast and easiest way to check to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next lesson, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So like I said, I want to divide the Eastern Conference. Really, the Eastern Conference right now is divided into three groups. You've got your contenders, um, you know, your, your, your kind of top four or five teams, that have clearly put themselves kind of a, a, a leg above everyone else. And, and even if you look at the standings, they're really above everyone else. And then you've got your play-in group uh, and, and, and kind of your, your fill-out-the-rest-of-the-bracket group. And, and this group is filled with teams that are interesting stories, that are doing some really good things, that are playing some really good basketball right now, and some teams that are at a bit of a crossroads. And, and the Magic are kind of, at, again, at the back of that pack along with the Washington Wizards, 
The Magic are, are you know, Magic are, are one of the few teams that are, could probably say are certainly on the rise among that group. You know, I think you could put Orlando and Indiana as probably the two teams. We'll get to those uh, in in the next segment of the show. But let's start at the top um, with this with this group, and, and and it's no surprise who the top two teams are right now. The Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks have clearly separated themselves from the pack in the Eastern Conference. They are the class of not just the Eastern Conference, probably of the league. We saw them play each other on Christmas Day. The Boston Celtics looked really focused, really dialed in, and ready to make a statement against Milwaukee, but both teams are kind of cooling off after their toward starts. They, they're, they're, they're out in front of everyone, not by a whole lot, but they're out in front of everyone, and they're starting to kind of hit that cruise control that you kind of see teams hit. Um, you know, I, I have a group of friends that are at, that, uh, that uh, from around the NBA. Someone was asking, are you worried about the Milwaukee Bucks at this point? And I honestly, you know, like I thought to myself, I'm really not worried. I think that Giannis is trying to shoot a few more jumpers, is trying to make sure that that is part of his game for playoffs, and, and he's, he's working on that specifically in some of these games, and that's taken away some of his effectiveness. They know Chris Middleton is out, and he's a big piece of that puzzle. I'm not worried about Milwaukee and some of the struggles that they've had. Same with Boston. Even after the Magic beat him twice, you know there are some Celtics fans who are criticizing Magic fans for celebrating so much and, and for being... You know, especially with the Eddie House stuff, but for being kind of really, really kind of puffing their chests out, and 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 to that point, I would say, like, yeah, we, we get it. We know that Boston is going for the championship. We're not going for a championship quite yet. Um, it's it's fu- it, it, They're going to be fine. We're we're not saying we're better. We're not saying we can win a seven game series. Um, we we won two games in December. That's really really nice. It was a good win for the Magic. It's a statement to how good we think Boston is. That beating them. Even when we know they don't have their best, even when we know they're not at full strength, uh, is very, very meaningful to this team, and it's very, very meaningful to this Magic team. That that is important to note. Boston, Milwaukee, me are our heads and tails above everyone else. It's those next three teams in the standings that I think are really, really interesting. Cleveland has just been very, very solid all year long. Um, they're not doing anything spectacular beyond having the best defense in the entire league, a credit to Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and even the buy-in from Donovan Mitchell, who's not been considered a great defender throughout his career. That has proven to be a really good fit for Cleveland. They're really dynamic, and and, and, and they've been able to withstand some injuries because they've been able to fill in with guys who can take over when needed. They have good role players. Cleveland is a dangerous team. The only reason Cleveland's not among that top group is that they're so young, they haven't done it yet. Um, you know, again, there's something to, you got to prove it a little bit. Milwaukee has won a championship in the last two years. Boston went to the finals last year. We know what they can do in the playoffs. You know, Donovan Mitchell's never been to a conference finals. Cleveland missed the playoffs last year because of, because of late season injuries that cost them, that, that pushed them down to the play in tournament. Um, we know that what these teams are capable of. Uh, are we know what what Milwaukee and Boston are capable of? We, we still don't quite know what Cleveland's capable of when the pressure's on. But Cleveland is a very very good team, a team certainly on the rise, and, and and one of the future teams of the Eastern Conference with the way that they are built. The other two teams are the other two contenders that we expected from the beginning of the season, and both Brooklyn and, and Philadelphia have made some major moves. Both are on, I believe, Brooklyn's now on a nine game win streak. Philadelphia is on an eight game win streak after beating New York on Sunday on Christmas Day. Look, these are teams filled with star power. Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid are putting in Hall of Fame, are putting in, uh, they're both Hall of Famers, but they're putting in MVP caliber seasons. Um, and frankly, not enough people are talking about them. 
Um, we know, you know, when Kyrie Irving isn't putting his foot in his mouth with things he says off the court, he is an incredibly gifted basketball player. Now that his whole deal is behind him, whether it should be or not, is not for me to debate here. Um, now that that whole thing is behind him, he's just focused on playing basketball and he's playing basketball very, very well. Um, Brooklyn obviously has the star power that just makes them very difficult to handle. And their start, their shooting is starting to come around that they can spread the floor and, and really pick you apart whenever you try to double Durant, whenever you try to double Kyrie. Th- this team is very, 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 very good. Philadelphia is finally starting to figure themselves out too after they struggled for much of the season. The Tyrese Maxey injury really threw them off late or earlier in the season. They had injuries to James Harden. Joel Embiid has doing what he has done for the last few years and has put the team on his shoulders until those guys get healthy. Now James Harden's looking good. Now Maxey's coming back later this week. Um, these are your five contenders. You know, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, whatever order you want to put them in. Those five teams, I think, all legitimately believe they can win the Eastern Conference. Now, I would certainly say Boston, Milwaukee are a step above them. I would honestly, no offense to Cleveland, I would say Brooklyn and Philadelphia are teams that I trust a little bit more because of their playoff experience. But Cleveland has to be considered a, a, cha- a potential Eastern Conference finalist, a potential uh, a potential Eastern Conference champion as well. They have the talent, they have the they have the gumption, they have the ability to get there. It's just going to be whether the moment's going to be too big, whether that experience factor is going to play a role there too. I mean, look, we're all Magic fans. We saw what the 95 Magic team did. You don't necessarily need experience to win in the playoffs. I think it helps. I think Horace Grant was a big help to that team. Um, but if you have Shaq and Penny, you cover up a lot of mistakes. Cleveland has Mitchell, Garland, uh, Mobley, and Allen, uh, and then Karis LeVert as well. They, they got plenty of firepower and plenty of potential to make it. So to me... Those five teams are it. Sorry, Magic fans who are shouting four seed endlessly. It a it's gonna be really hard for the Magic to get up that high. To to, to uh, I think to, I think obviously that those those teams are gonna be above five hundred and, and well above five hundred. I mean I think those those five teams are probably on pace for fifty wins. Um, the Magic aren't getting to fifty wins. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the Magic are what thirteen and 21, 13 and twenty two right now. Um, they they would have to go on a, an incredible run. They'd only have to lose t- they'd only have 10 losses left to get to 50 wins. Even if that even if that number ends up being 47, 48, 49, those teams are heads and tails above everyone else. And, and we're gonna get into that second group of teams coming up here in a minute, but there's a big difference between the Brooklyn Nets at five or the Philadelphia 76ers at five and the New York Knicks at six. Um, and that's kind of the difference I want to get into next. Because um, because this this play-in group, the group that is fighting for those play-in spots for that sixth seed, even um, are all very interesting individually. They have their own subplots. They're all extremely flawed, and someone's going to emerge. And the Magic might be a team that can sneak in and take advantage of some of the weaknesses in this group. We're going to get to them coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. Well, a few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? 
You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. This New Year's holiday, drive sober or get pulled over. So like I said, I think the real interesting group here in the Eastern Conference, look, we know there are those top five teams. I don't think that's changing. I don't think that group's going anywhere. Uh, I Honestly, again, no offense to the Knicks. It's a long way between them and Philadelphia. To get to the succeed, to get into the play-in tournament, I think you're going to have to be five. To get to the succeed, I think you're going to have to be at least 500, probably in the 42, 43, 44 win range um, would be my guess. Uh, to get to the play-in tournament, I think, honestly, I think 38, 39, 40 wins is going to do it. Um, so again, if you look at the Magic, 13 and 21, um, that's still 25 wins away. That's still a whole season's worth of wins from last year for the Orlando Magic away. So again, they got their work cut out for them. They got work that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to really play well. They put themselves in a pretty big hole here. But you look at these teams filling out the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race. And you've got a lot of interesting stories and a lot of interesting teams. The New York Knicks have figured things out. Real credit to Tom Thibodeau. Um, He's made some great adjustments. The Knicks have embraced their young talent, and that young talent is rewarding them. Quentin Grimes is a great defender. The Knicks are a top 10 defensive team in the league right now. Julius Randle has played a lot better with less ball handling responsibilities with Jalen Brunson in there to help kind of ease ease that, ease that for him. If R.J. Barrett can be consistent, this is a really dangerous Knicks team, and this is a really solid Knicks team. I think they're probably missing that, that star power to get them over the top and into that next tier, but they're really solid, and they're a veteran team that knows what they're doing. They know their roles now, um, and, and I think that that's why things have really clicked for the Knicks of late. Um, are they going to stay at this, you know, kind of like the Magic? Are they going to stay this hot this long? Who knows? I don't know if that's a team that's going to going to be able to maintain some of this. But the Knicks are going to be in that this play-in chase. And, and I think they're going to be in the driver's seat for a good chunk of it, too. Because they're, they're, they know what they're doing. They're a veteran team. They've been in the playoffs before. they got guys that have been in the league for a long time. I, I don't think they're that worried about, about what they need to do. I think they know what they need to do really, really well. The Indiana Pacers are kind of the opposite of that. They're the team that has never been in the playoffs. And I think we're seeing right now they're going through some struggles. They... Uh, lost eight of their previous 11 before winning two in a row entering the holiday. I believe they they got smoked by the New Orleans Pelicans last uh, on Monday night. The Pacers are a really talented team. They have a really good coach in Rick Carlisle. They have an all-star guard in Tyrese Halliburton. They're just going to have to be able to stay the course and be consistent. Um, you know, this is not the Indiana Pacers team that made the playoffs the last time. Victor Oladipo's gone. The only guy really remaining is Miles Turner. Um, and so the Pacers are going to have to learn how to do this on the fly. And I think we're starting to see this team struggle in that. They could be a team that does fall out a little bit. Now, are they going to fall out enough that they're going to 
be all the way out of it. I'm I'm skeptical of that. I think that they will be in the at least in the play in tournament. But the Pacers are a really really interesting team. The Knicks and Pacers are your two interesting stories here uh, that are in the pole position that are in these positions. The next group are all teams with problems, um, all teams that seem to have peaked, and all teams that we expected would be better. You start with the Atlanta Hawks, and there's so much swirling around the Atlanta Hawks, whether it's potential trades for John Collins, whether it's uh, the uh, the rumor going around about Trey Young maybe being the next star to ask his way out, um, whether it's what's going on between Trey Young and Coach Nate McMillan at times. Um, they've dealt with their injuries. Trey Young has been up and down with his three-point shooting, but they're still really dynamic, dangerous group. They've got two guards who can score really, really well. They're both... They're both averaging more than 10 assists per game, I believe. Um, They've got some decent shooting around them. They've got Clint Capella, who sets great screens and and sets up their pick-and-roll game. The Hawks are still a dangerous team. They're not where they want to be, and that Eastern Conference final strip is proving to be a little bit of fool's gold. Um, Or perhaps uh, the Hawks tinkered too much to to get better um, in the wake of that. Uh, But the Hawks are the Hawks are still a really good team on the court if they can get themselves together, and that's that's kind of the question that's left for them. The Toronto Raptors and Miami Heat are teams that we just expect to be good. Um, we just kind of take it for granted that they're good, and maybe they did too. But whatever whatever the case is, the Raptors and Heat are not a, are right now not able to save themselves with their culture. The players that they usually hit on the the undrafted players, the second round draft picks that they usually hit on aren't hitting for them right now. They're not hitting for them consistently enough. Yes, Pascal Siakam was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week and has played really, really well. OG Ananobi has played really, really well. But for whatever reason, the pieces aren't adding up in the way that they usually do. And the Raptors are certainly sitting here thinking, is it time to start over? Is it time to blow it up? It seems like Fred someone who could be on the move. Um, and the Raptors are going to have a real tough, tough call to make because they're going to have to decide... Are we restarting? Are we bowing out of this playoff race? Or, or how do we maintain our playoff spot while still making the moves to kind of get us out of this middle? They're stuck in the middle, very squarely stuck in the middle um, because you know, for because they haven't been able to develop maybe the way that they hoped they would in the wake of losing Kawhi Leonard. The Miami Heat have the same problem. The Miami Heat, their culture was everything for them, was everything that they were built on. and And right now, they're kind of stuck because Duncan Robinson is sitting as an albatross around their neck salary-wise. Some of those second-round picks, those undrafted players that they, they signed, aren't painting out the way that they hoped for after one good year. Jimmy Butler is starting to get older, and he picks his spots a lot more. They need Bam Adebayo to do a whole lot more offensively than he's been doing for them. Um, they're still a very good team. There's, again, Toronto's good enough that they'll cover around 500. Miami is good enough. They will hover around 500. They're too talented not to do this. They're not falling. You know, Atlanta is kind of fall. Atlanta is falling apart more than these teams are. We'll get to Chicago here in a minute. But these teams are all right there, and they're going again. It, they're going to be in the playoff chase. And so you look at it: New York six, Indiana seven, Atlanta eight, Toronto nine, Miami ten. Those are your ten teams. So if you're the Magic now. You're asking yourself, you're looking at these 10 teams, which of these 10 teams is going to fall out to make room for you? Some would argue Indiana. Maybe maybe you could argue Indiana is going to kind of fall completely off the face of the earth. Um, you know, you could argue maybe Toronto will take that step back. 
Um, so again, you got to ask yourself whose spot is Orlando taking if they're going to make that run. And obviously, if they make the run, if they outstrip everyone with wins, you know you can only tread water for so long. And that brings us to Chicago. Chicago is a team that is on the outside looking in, and, and it's very hard. You know, again, they could burn off eight, not they could burn off six, seven in a row and be fine. But it doesn't seem like that's likely because every time Chicago looks like it's about to take a step forward, they take another step back. Um, Zach Levine doesn't look right after the knee injury. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan is still playing at all-star level, but just doesn't have the help that he needs. And Nikola Vucevic just hasn't been the fit that they hoped for. Chicago would be a prime candidate to just blow the whole thing up and start over, even after signing Zach Levine in the offseason. They would typically be that prime candidate, except the Magic own their pick. They really can't. They're, they're, they're backed into a corner. They're back, backed against the wall to try and make this work and try and hold out for Alonzo Ball to be healthy, to hold out for Alex Caruso to be healthy. Um, you know, Caruso's back on the floor now. Um, they're, they're in a really bad spot. Um, you know, the Magic do have them a little bit uh, in a bind, if, especially if the Magic can put some pressure on them uh, and, and get, in, get ahead of them in the standings and sit in that 11th spot, like right there knocking on the door. Uh, Chicago's in a really, 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 really tough spot. And again, you're looking for a team that Orlando can maybe surpass, and Orlando is certainly much more optimistic about their future. Look, if you're looking at future optimistic rankings, Orlando is like at the very, very top of the Eastern Conference right now. You know, them and Indiana uh, among this group are probably the most optimistic about their future. Chicago's probably the least optimistic team about its future in the entire Eastern Conference. Like even Detroit can say, hey, we got Cade Cunningham. Charlotte could say, hey, we got LaMelo Ball. I don't know if Chicago can say all those things. And they're kind of stuck with what they got for at least another year until the until this disastrous Vucevic trade for them uh, expires and, and, and they, they, they kind of wash their hands of the Orlando Magic. The last team ahead of the Orlando Magic right now is the Washington Wizards. And, and the Wizards get a huge leg up because of their, their experience, um, their veteran group. Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis are very, very good. Kyle Kuzma is having a career season, but other than those three, there is not a lot to write home about with the Washington Wizards. They have no other scores. I think only Rui Hachimura scores more than 10 points per game besides those three. They only have four players scoring more than 10, 10 points per game. They rely very, very heavily on their triumvirate of, the, of stars. It'd be one thing if that were Kyrie and Kevin Durant like with the Nets. It's another thing when it's Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. Yes, that'll be enough to win you a few games here and there. Um, kind of keep your head above water, but it's probably not enough to get you into the playoffs. And so again, that's that's that's, that's another team that is, while dangerous and certainly capable of making the postseason, um, a team that you know I, I I wouldn't put a lot of faith in. And so again, you look at this before you even get to the Orlando Magic at twelve. There are eleven teams, or you know Orlando's what thirteenth actually in the East still. Um, there are 11, 12 teams that feel like they're playoff teams, and Orlando. Certainly feels like it's a it's a playoff a postseason capable team, as well. The only two teams that are probably out of it at this point are Charlotte and Detroit, and injuries have kept injuries have put Detroit in the spot where they're about to go back in the lottery thanks to Cade Cunningham being done for the year with the with the shin injury. The Charlotte Hornets have just had so many problems this year, uh, from Lamelo Ball's injury to the whole Miles Bridges situation, which is not good to bringing in Steve Clifford to be a defensive coach for a team that just has no interest in playing defense. Um, it's, it's, it's rough right now in the queen city uh, for, for Charlotte, but that's, that's what it is. And Orlando, I think has, has surpassed them at least for this year. We'll see how long that lasts. So again, 
to circle back and answer the question, can the Orlando Magic make the play-in tournament? They have the talent to do so. I think that what they've shown that much in the last month of the season that they can, or the last three weeks of the season, that they have the talent to make that kind of a push. They have that talent to do it. Will they actually do it? They would have to continue playing at a very high level. Um, you know, again, a level that we've seen them sustain here for a couple weeks now, but to see them sustain that for a month, for a quarter of a season, for a, a full half of a season, that's something we haven't seen them do yet. Um, if they are able to do it, I think that would foretell very big things for this team. But overall, sitting here uh, just after Christmas, the Magic are accomplishing one of their key goals. They are playing competitive games, playing games that matter, feeling some winning pressure, feeling the pressure to perform, uh, and largely coming through. And we'll see how they've handled that adversity, how they handle that throughout the course of the season. The Orlando Magic will be back in action, of course, tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But for now, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Him or you can play spot by Odyssey and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow, me, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with your local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Today, Locked On Magic. This has been Phil Frost. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.